0: welcome we are so glad you've joined us today are you ready for another basar christian church podcast let's get straight into it isn't he worthy of all glory of all honor of all praise are you happy to be in church i mean this is a great church to be a part of i mean god's omnipresent but the devil isn't but if he came to church he'd probably get saved that's how much faith is in this room there's faith in this room. Might be theologically wrong, but just, just needed to get the point across. Just needed to get a point across of just how beautiful this church is. And, uh, you know, I, I was just so encouraged and inspired hearing the story of Jason and his beautiful wife, or they are. And, and so many times when we are experiencing the favor of God and the blessing of God, yes, God loves us, His goodness, His mercy is there. But you've got to also understand that when you're planted in good ground, this potential for fruitfulness and we must give honor where honor is due yes we worship god but we also honor the god's gifts to the body of christ and i just want to take us a moment take give us a moment to ridiculously honor your senior pastors come on tell them you love them tell them you appreciate it you guys are amazing you guys are wonderful and i'm so grateful i'm so grateful that god put you in misery on the sunshine coast because he heard no no because he heard the cries of these wonderful people at Harvey Bay they were crying for freedom they were crying for a leader they were crying for a prophetic voice and I'm so grateful that God brought you all the way to Harvey Bay one more time why don't we give him a hand we love you we appreciate you we honor you and the best days are ahead of you in Jesus name why don't you grab a seat also with me is my well and true friend, brother, associate, uh, uh, the amazing Pastor Regan. Why don't we just say hello to Regan? And uh, it's just amazing, just amazing. Now, Pastor Ross, every time I've jumped up except for this time has mentioned has been mentioning about this incredible encounter I had, and I did and on the 25th of August, 2021. I had the greatest experience of my life. I had the opportunity to actually go to heaven. Uh, and, and it's not, I'm not the kind of guy that goes to heaven every Tuesday. We've all met those people, but I'm, it's not one of those. It's, it's, it, it was, it's, was, I mean, it was just changed everything in our world. And this, uh, tonight at five, I'm actually going to talk about it. Wow. And, and every time the, the thing, the thing I said to God was, I don't want to just go around talking about it and get people inspired. But what, what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me is where, whenever we talk about it, heaven comes down. And literally that's what happens. I was in, I was in Singapore a few weeks ago and, and I just shared about heaven. We didn't talk about miracles. We didn't talk about healing. There was a lady that came out. She had tumors all over her body. We prayed for her. She fell down and when she got up, the tumors began to shrink. I'm not talking about one. It was just multiple tumors just in that atmosphere. And I really believe God's gonna do healing in this place tonight. So can I encourage you? This place is packed. I'd love if you could come back again at five o'clock because God's gonna do something yeah powerful in Jesus' name. We do have some books available. I think there's one called uh, Power Evangelism by Tim Hall. And uh, I think Good Morning, Holy Spirit, one of the books that's impacted me as a young man. And also a book I wrote called Reformation Through Prophecy, which is when you get a prophetic word, how do you apply it? And so make sure you check out the resource table at the end of it. I hear that there's people joining us from online. Hello, everybody on Planet Online. I see you. I see you. I see you dipping that Oreo in that milk and having a tuna sandwich on the side. God bless you. The same power that raised the price from the dead that's in this room is also right there. But we hope to see you in person one of these days in Jesus' name. Hey, I want to show you my family. Can I show you my family? We've got some photos. Oh, look at that. That's those two of my girls. That's Elise. Elise. Uh, Can we go back to that photo? I'm just going to talk about it, if that's okay. Uh, The first one, the first one, the first one. There, That's Elise, and that's Nora. Elise is, she's turning eight next week. Uh, I need to get her birthday gifts. I'm just being reminded as I'm saying this. And Nora is two and a half years old. They were flower girls at a wedding recently. They're gorgeous. Put the next one. That's the whole family. That's the whole family. So um, I'm relatively a girl dad. At one point, I was carrying around a pink iPhone, but... uh, (laughs) But not anymore because people started making unusual moves on me in cafes and restaurants. So we've got Elise, who's eight. And we've got Nora, who's two and a half years old. And Charlotte is well and truly a COVID baby. Completely unplanned. But we've welcomed this angel to our world. 18 months. And that, well and truly, is my beautiful, wonderful bride, Leah. Incredible, anointed woman of God. I've got one more photo. Let's put the next one. There we go. This is the whole family right here. That's, that's, those are our kids. Those other two kids are... Regan's babies. Uh, that's, he's got one more boy. Char- uh, Charlie couldn't make it in this, you know, on this frame, but we've got uh, little, little Ayla right there next to Charlotte and baby Eden right there next to Nora. So uh, we love our kids and they're all one family. And so that's our family. They tell me that when preachers put photos of their family, people already start liking them. So... Uh, <laughs> You're no more the weedo, you know what I'm saying? Until this moment you were like Pastor Ross couldn't find anyone to preach, so he we went to the local. So he we went to the local 7-Eleven and got the guy that was. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. <laughs> if you do respond to the message, I will put discount on fuel prices in Harvey Bay. Just like <laughs> Amen. First Kings. Chapter 17, I want to talk to you on a, a message that I, I heard probably a couple of months back in my spirit when I was praying called A Second Time. I want to read and then we're going to pray. 1 Kings chapter 17, it says, And Elijah the Tishbat of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he he went and stayed by the brook, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him. I like one translation that says the word of the Lord came to him again. Saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that when your word is spoken, miracles begin to happen. We thank you, God, that breakthroughs begin to take place, Father. And, Lord, this morning, as your word is being spoken, it shall not return void. I thank you, God, that your spirit is moving in this place. And, Lord, I thank you, God, that even before we pray for one person, that miracles begin to happen, that breakthrough begins to take place. And, that, Lord, literally that people would receive your word a second time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I begin to feel this in my spirit that God is speaking to you, Harvey Bay, that he wants to speak to us a second time. We've had all sorts of craziness happening through the course of the last two and a half years. And some of us feel rejected because I'm going to pull up five people in the Bible who received the word of the Lord a second time. A second time. First one is this guy, Elijah. Elijah. God says to him, I want you to go and live by a brook. But then the Bible says that the brook dried up. and for so many of you that's how you feel. you feel like 2018, 2019 there was a place of provision that God had for you and then we entered into 2020 and we started hitting all sorts of turbulence and 2021 was confusing and some of us have lost jobs and some of us have had um, some of us have had miracles. but I feel the same thing that God said to Elijah was, I want you to now move to a new place. I want you to step into a new place because the word of the Lord came a second time. I thank God when he spoke to me once, but I love the fact that we serve a God who speaks to us a second time. And I want to speak faith into this room this morning because so many of us have held on and we are desperate. Because what is interesting is if God provides, it should never dry up. Yet the brook that God arranged has now dried up. And some of you are standing by the brook saying, well, God commanded me to stand by this brook, but, but if God's word has been spoken, why is the brook dry? See, sometimes, a lot of times, people think God provides by what he guides. I say God directs by what he withholds. Some of us are standing by the brook praying for water to come forth. When God has already made arrangement for us in another place, a widow is waiting the prophet to arrive and God has already opened the door somewhere else and you're waiting for this brook to flow again and God is saying that in that season it served you well and in that season see the thing you got to understand this right I want you to understand the word the first word that Elijah had was way more attractive than the second word let us break it down the first word was there's going to be a supernatural brook there's going to be ravens how crazy is that Ravens and magpies eat our sandwiches. They don't deliver, they don't do Uber Eats. God arranges a magpie to do Uber Eats. I mean, this is amazing. Every morning, Elijah is taking photos and posting it up on Instagram. His following has gone from 1,000 to 3,000 because he's become the magpie-fed prophet. Now, all of a sudden, the magpie is not turning up. And Elijah starts questioning, am I out of the will of God? Is God disappointed with me? The brooks dried up. I mean, this thing was flowing, this thing was nutritious, this thing was tasty. But what you got to understand is, yes, there are seasons where God speaks in the supernatural. But there are also seasons where God is arranging a widow who is going to provide for you because you will also become the answer to that widow. Could it be perhaps that you're not the only thing that you're not the only problem that God is solving on planet earth that God is actually going to actually use you to solve somebody else's problem and that in this next season that your second word is not just attached to oh God this is amazing oh God this is so Instagrammable oh God this is so cool but could it be that God is calling you to a natural place and in that natural place he's giving you a second word. Harvey Bay, Bayside, I, wanna, I want you to open up your spirit to, to the God who speaks a second time. I thank God for the miracles I saw in 2004, for the miracles I saw in 2010, for the miracles I saw in 2014. But I'm thanking God for the miracles I'm seeing in 2022. Yeah. See, let me tell you, the children of Israel, I'm sure there was at least a few people that were frustrated by the leadership of, of Joshua. Because when Moses led them, manna came down from heaven. Quails were falling down. Quails were begging, eat me, eat me, have me for dinner. Joshua, we're getting on territory, but I actually need to cook? What kind of leadership is this? Do you remember back in the day when like food just turned up? But what you got to understand is that God is doing a new thing and the new thing requires a new level of sensitivity and a new thing requires a new level of maturity. And God is saying to us this morning, he's a God that speaks the second time. So many of us felt disappointed. So many of us have felt rejected and we've been complaining and we've been trying to do an inventory of what sin is in our life, what hidden sin is in my life that the brook in my life dried up. Maybe there is no hidden sin. Maybe God is leading you to the next word. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. So many times we do, oh man, I, I, I have so many regrets. More, the older you get as a Christian, a lot of times you end up having more regrets. And sometimes that's something that the devil uses to paralyze you and to build a campsite at a brook that's now been dried up. But I feel God sent me here all the way from Brisbane to tell somebody in this room that the same God that showed you the brook, the same God that hand delivered the ravens to you, is now the same God who's going to lead you to a widow where you're going to see her son raised from the dead. You're going to see greater miracles. It may seem very ordinary. It may seem very natural. But he's a God that speaks the second time. And God has a new word for you. If you believe that, give God a clap. But praise the God who speaks the second time. The second guy I want to talk about is a guy in the Bible called Jonah. It says in Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. But I want to talk a little bit about Jonah. I feel like Jonah gets a really bad rap. People, oh, Jonah, don't do it, Jonah. Don't be a Jonah. Let me tell you how how good Jonah is. Jonah chapter 1 begins in the prime of his ministry. And it keeps a record of all the wrong things he's done. And then eventually a few good things. And then he still gets a bit bitter and all that. And sometimes we can shed an attitude towards people in the Bible not knowing their context. Because Jonah was quite a successful prophet. When we find Jonah in Jonah chapter 1, it was not like he just finished prophetic school and then he was disappointed with where he was rostered no he was quite he was quite a successful prophet he was quite a seasoned prophet and he was very comfortable being in Israel but he got frustrated I don't know why maybe he was tired maybe he just kept getting rostered to do Prophetic meetings every Tuesday morning and there were three people rocking up. I'm not sure. Maybe Pastor Ross was rostering to, rostering to do prophetic dances and interpretive dances. And Jonah said, you know, I'm sick and tired. I just need a break. John, There's nothing wrong with that. Jonah just needed to have a break. And the Bible says that God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh. And you know what Jonah does? He goes to Joppa. Now we read these names and we think, wow, that's amazing, right? He picked, he chooses God says to him to go to Nineveh, and he and he makes the decision to do a Mediterranean cruise. Let me explain this to you. Nineveh is in modern-day Iraq. Do you know where Joppa is? Portugal. Jonah's like, if I'm gonna sin, I'm gonna do it in style, right? Like he's not like he could have, he could have chosen Iran, for example, like just the neighboring country, or Saudi Arabia, or 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 Damascus, or or. One of those neighboring countries like, God, I'm not exactly in your word, but I'm close to it. Jonah's like, you know what? Might as well. If I'm going to compromise, I'm going to go all the way. So he goes all the way, on the way to Job. We all know the story. You know, the storms and floods and famines, all that sort of stuff begins to happen. The guys find out, they cast lots. They find out that he's the guy that they need to get rid of. They throw him across. And then the Bible says, God arranges a fish. That's literally the words in your Bible. God arranges a fish to swallow Jonah and he's in the belly of a fish for three days and then the fish vomits him to his place of assignment, Nineveh. Now what I want to point out, now we can get deep into the whole story of Jonah, but what I want to point out is one word. God arranged. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound like an arrangement to me. <laughs> See some of you have been praying for an arrangement and God's already arranged something, but it's not in the package that you thought it would come. You have been praying for the second word, but you thought the second word would come in this format. You thought the second word would come with these criterias. But God has brought away, God has brought a fish at your doorstep. God has brought something that looks a bit intimidating. For some of us it might be something like, God, I need a financial miracle." And God is saying... Yes, I'm about to give you a J-O-B. No, God, I need a breakthrough. Yes, J-O-B. God, God, I need to be more recognized. I I feel I I, I need to be doing consulting. God is opening browsers randomly on your phone, showing you university courses that you should be potentially doing. But you're saying, but God, I'm waiting for a second word. Maybe there's already a second word that's arrived at your doorstep, but it's not in the package that you thought it should be. Could it be that God is already speaking to us? Yeah. So many times in my own life, I'm praying for a breakthrough and breakthrough is already there. But most times breakthrough don't come in, in, in fruit form. They come in seed form. Yes. That's very good. God is like, God is like, God brings miracles to us like Ikea. <laughs> it comes in boxes and then you're going to arrange it and you're like frustrated, but it's all there. It's all there and I want to encourage someone in this room because you are looking back at all the miracles he's done and all the breakthroughs that's happened and all the amazing things. But God is saying you have a delivery. There is something at your doorstep. Yes, it does not look that great right now. But this is going to be the bridge that's going to take you from point A to point B. This is going to be the crisis that's going to move you from point A from Joppa to Nineveh. This is, yes, three days Three days in the belly of a fish is not an attractive package. Three years in university is not a great idea always. Three days being an intern somewhere is not the most brilliant concept. Three days of saving for a home is not the most attractive idea. But could it be that that's the discipline that God requires you and I to undertake in this season so that he can deliver us to our next assignment? I feel I'm preaching better than you responding, but I think you're just taking notes. Jonah, Jonah. What I love about the story of Jonah is the, the mercy of God. Yeah. Now, I know he arranged a fish, but that's what was needed. That was, that was the only volunteer. See, sometimes God can't use people <laughs> because no one wants to do the transportation. <laughs> the fish was the only obedient <laughs> person, and that's all God will use, whatever you give him, right? Yeah. And so, but what I love about God is that Jonah... S- I mean, he, he missed it. I was going to say he missed it by a mile, but I think he missed it by a few, right? And, and if Jonah was in my church, you know, and if he did that, I'd be like, just come to service, sit in the last row. Maybe in six months, we'll put you in ushers. No, no, no more, no more car park prayer meetings, no more prophetic words. Maybe you need to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and come back to the school of discipline and you know all that. but what i love about god is god just reminds him once again of his assignment the moment he repents the moment he turns back the moment he cries out to god the reason i'm saying this is because some of you have some incredible regrets about the last few years and you feel like you need to do time you feel like you need to do probation You've put yourself in your own spiritual jail saying, yeah, God, I know there are dreams that you have for me. Yeah, God, I know you're calling me to this, but I've stuffed up so bad, but I want to break the spirit of guilt in this room. And I want to say to you that yes, maybe, yes, there were things that happened, but when God calls you, he calls you with no repentance. He says that my my giftings and my callings are irrevocable. And so many of you have pressed the pause button when God is asking you to play and He's saying, I need you to step into your assignment. The anointing that I gave you is what I gave you. It's not dependent on what you've done or who you are. I've called you, and I need you to step in one more time. Shake off the dust. Shake off the guilt. In the case of Jonah, shake off the vomit and step into your assignment and preach the word of the living God and see the greatest move of God in your city, in your school, in Nineveh, and in the nation. What I love about the story is Jonah thought he he did great things, But it was in his greatest moment of repentance that he saw the greatest revival that he was positioned for. See, some of you are carrying so much guilt. And you look back, you know, 10 years ago, I was so pure and holy. 10 years ago, I was so clean. 10 years ago, I did this. But 10 years ago, you also had pride. And God is saying, you know what? You may need to go through some of that. But I already made an arrangement. I already made a plan. And I'm now delivering you to your assignment. I want to speak to people in this room that's been carrying guilt and saying nothing can separate you from the love of God. Yeah. Nothing can. And I yeah. want you to stand up. I want you to step into your assignment because God has a second yeah. word. A God who speaks the second time. Number three, the third person is Moses. Moses. Moses was born. I mean, if you read the story of Moses, yeah. you think Disney created it. I mean, think about it. Like Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 3, I cannot read it without Disney music in my ears. I mean, I smell the pages, I'm f- smelling strawberry. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just scented. Like this guy, is, this baby is born. The mom loses him in the, in, the, in the river. Right time, right place. Princess comes out of the bath. Oh, there's a baby. You know, like, and then his the, sister, sister's there. Sister says, do you need somebody? Yes. The mom gets paid to take care. Of the baby. How many mums would love that deal? You know what I'm saying? And Moses finds himself in the palace. Now the reason God needed him in the palace was because God was about to establish a kingdom. And God could use no slave. He needed a prince. So Moses finds himself in the palace. And then all of a sudden his heart starts burning for his people. His heart starts burning for the Israelites. And so all of a sudden he starts getting passionate about the call of God. But then he doesn't ask God how God's going to do it. He takes matter into his own hands. So he kills an Egyptian and then he realizes that wasn't a good idea. So he runs to the wilderness and some of you are in that place. You had a word from God, you felt God was calling you to something and you stepped into it zealously. But because of things that happened, you feel you've been disqualified. But I'm here to say to you that he's a God that speaks the second time. He's a God that speaks the second time. And yes, you might have been zealous. And yes, we might have been immature. And yes, we might have been passionate. But you know what? God's okay with your zealousness. God needs you to be a zealot at times. But even that he uses and even that he shapes and even that he nurtures. And I love that we serve a God who did not just call Moses when he was 40, but he's a God that called him when he was 80. Some of us have been living in the wilderness for too long. I'm come here to say to somebody, your wilderness season, is over and God has a word for you in this season and he's saying rise up and shine stand up there was a passion that you had when you were 20 there was a, there was a call that you had when you were 30 there was a drive that you had when you were 50 and you feel like maybe you took matters into your hand and maybe you 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 try to manufacture a miracle and manufacture a move of God and manufacture revival and God says you know what the way you did it was wrong but i understand your heart and i can use your heart and i'm sending you back to pharaoh I'm sending you back to Egypt to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And when you do it this time, it's actually going to work. It's actually going to work. We serve a God who's called us a second time. I'm so thankful. So we talk about Elijah who thought that God could move only in one way. We talk about Jonah who had guilt and regret. We talked about Moses who was overpassionate and missed out on God. The fourth guy I want to talk about is a guy called Samuel. It says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel a second time. How long will you mourn for Saul? Fill your cup with oil. See, some of you have stopped doing what God's called you to do because of grief, not because of your own grief. Because someone else costs you grief. See, Samuel stopped anointing people because of Saul. Samuel did not have a moral issue. Samuel did not have a character problem. But because his first assignment failed so miserably, he stopped believing in his own calling. He was in the office of a prophet, but grief stopped him from declaring the word of the Lord. See some of you have been carrying grief over the last 2 years because there were people that stood with you once in this faith journey. There were people that prayed with you once in this in this relationship with Jesus, but some of you have stopped because you got unfriended. Because you got ghosted. Because you got canceled. They left your messenger group. They were part of your connect group and they just left. Maybe these are just issues that we face in Brisbane. Maybe the people of Harvey Bay are very spirit led and you've all stayed in your groups. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just counseling myself. Maybe this word is for me. But I feel maybe there might be two people in this room that's gone through some grief and you feel like, you know, that person I prayed with, that person I believed with, that person I worshiped with, that person I partnered with, that person that stood with me is no more in my life. And sometimes we make foolish decisions at our lowest moments. And I believe Samuel made a decision and he said, I'm no longer going to anoint another king. Because the first time I did it, everything messed up. But what I love is the word the Lord came to Samuel a second time and God says to him, how long will you mourn? And my question to you this morning is how long will you mourn? It's not a question that's to make you feel insulted. It's not a question to make you feel humiliated because me, myself, as a leader, as a pastor, if I hadn't put my, if I hadn't put my grief on expiry, I'd still be crying. And sometimes, you know what, the thing about Israel was they had seasons of mourning. Moses dies, they mourn for the guy for 30 days and you know mourning's healthy i'm not we've got this theology sometimes where you know you can't exp, you can't show any grief you can't show i think there's a health in that there's, i think there's a health in expression of emotion but we cannot live in the graveside of grief we cannot live in the campsite of mourning there's got to be a moment where you step up and what i love is god says to samuel fill your horn with oil God is saying you need a new anointing for your next assignment. You need a new touch. You need my presence. Yes, there's a man, there's a a person, there's a king I'm about to anoint. But before you anoint him, I need you to fill that oil. I need you to fill that cup once again with oil. Let's go before God. If you're going through grief, you know, one of the greatest prayers you can pray is, God, fill my cup one more time. Yeah. God, I'm dry and empty. I'm dry and thirsty. I feel my, I love what David says. Cast me not away from your presence, O oh God. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Yeah. Lord, I've lost some joy, Lord, and I know there's a the next assignment, and I know there's a the next church, and I know there's a the next ministry, and I know there's the next move, and I know there's the next miracle. But restore to me my joy. Restore to me my anointing. Restore to me your spirit. Lord, I need a touch from you. I pray that we would be candid enough. I pray that we'd be authentic enough here this morning that we were people that would say, God, I need a fresh touch one more time. God, I know you've got great things for me, but I need a fresh touch in Jesus' name. Number five. You enjoying this? I'm enjoying it. Hezekiah, number five. Hezekiah, 2 Kings chapter 20. It says, about that time, Hezekiah became deadly ill and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you're going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O oh Lord, how I've always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly. Always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to, to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I've heard your prayers and seen your tears. I will heal you. And three days from now, you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. And I will add 15 years to your life. Hezekiah was a great king. Didn't do anything immoral. Lived in the things of God. And then got caught with some kind of a terminal illness. Some scholars say that it was some kind of cancer. And it was bad. And Isaiah, this is not some rookie prophet that just did some online prophetic school and is trying his chances to give a word. This is a seasoned prophet. That is bringing the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is set your house in order. You're about to die. That's word number one. But then Hezekiah, for some reason, something in him, and I'll talk about what that is, something in him begin to say, no, I feel like, yes, I've built palaces and I've built fortresses and I've raised an incredible army and we've had times of peace and I've already led Israel for a few decades. I've done my time. I've restored the temple. I've taken down the idols that they worship. I've done a lot of things. If they write a history book about me, it would be pretty good. But there was something in Hezekiah that said, I need to live. A bit more. Wow. There was something in him. It was not that he had a prophetic word. In fact, the prophetic word that he got was quite negative. Something in him. And I'm praying that as I'm preaching this morning, that there would be something in you that would feel the same urges of Hezekiah. Yeah. That there would be something in you that would say, I do not know why, but I'm feeling this urge about something. And, and, and he starts praying. And then as, what I love is as Isaiah is walking out in the middle courtyard, he couldn't even get the chance to leave the palace. The word of the Lord came a second time imagine if Hezekiah just believed word number one imagine if Hezekiah just camped at word number one but there was something in him that said yes God I respect you I honor you yes I know there's a word from you I know there's not a made-up word but God if it's in your mind I, I, I've read that you're a merciful God. I've heard that you're a gracious yeah. God. I've heard that you can do anything. You parted the Red Sea. You broke open the rock. You tore down the chariots of Pharaoh. You've, yeah. I've seen great miracles. You took down Goliath, that same God that I call upon. Would it be in your heart? Would it be okay for you to extend my life for whatever reason? See, there are some of you in this place, you received a doctor's report, and you stopped buying into the second word. stopped believing in the second season of your life. Now you've already made arrangements. I understand there's a place for wisdom. There's a place for closure. There's a place for empathy. But if you're feeling the urges of Hezekiah, I've come here to bring to the front those urges that you've been feeling. That you feel like your time is not over. That your season is not yet done. There's one more project in your belly. There's one more thing that is still in residue. You feel like God, I thank you for all the things that's done but there's something more that you have for me. And if that is you, I want want you to hold get a hold of this yeah. because what is amazing is Isaiah comes back to Hezekiah and then something interesting happens they tell me that people's attention rate is really ro- low can i have your attention for 5 more minutes yeah. it says in verse 9 Isaiah replied because God is going to do this the second word this is a sign that the lord from the lord to prove that he will do as he promised would you like the shadows on the sundial to go forward 10 steps or backward 10 steps The shadows always move forward, Hezekiah replied. So it would be easy. Make it go 10 steps backward instead. So Isaiah the prophet asked the Lord to do this, and he caused the shadow to move 10 steps backwards on the sundial of Ahaz. I almost wanted to call this message 10 steps back. And I want to explain this to you because you can read this and think, what was that? There was a time when people did not have clocks like we do. There was a time when there was a time when our phones didn't have clocks. There was a time when our phones were connected to a cable. And there was a time when either I could my mom could use the phone or I could use the internet. There was a time. But before that time, yes, it sounds like dinosaur days, but before that, before even before the dinosaurs, there was a time called the sundial. And the sundial was this thing that was pointed, and based on where the shadow of the pointy, pointy thing fell, they would know the time of the day. So Isaiah comes to Hezekiah and says to him, God wants to give you a guarantee that he is actually going to add 15 years. So Isaiah says, do you want to prove that? Do you want the sun to set early so that the sundial can, the shadow can fall at another end? Hezekiah says, that can happen. I mean, climate change and all that sort of stuff, you know, that can happen. So Hezekiah says, that's pretty controversial, but people can take a joke in Harvey Bay, so let's move forward. So, 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 so Hezekiah says, instead of God moving the clock forward, I want God to move the clock backwards. So this is what Hezekiah was saying. Hezekiah was saying, instead of moving forward, I want the clock to move back. Is that moving forward or back? backwards. That was just a trick question. (laughs) You're all listening. I wanted to move backwards. I wanted to move backwards. You know, I feel like the Lord sent me here to tell somebody, God's not just going to add a word. He's going to also redeem your moments. That which the canker, the palmer, the locusts ate away, I will restore. The two and a half years you lost, the properties you lost. This is shouting material right here. I'm thinking as I'm speaking, but you can respond. The business that you lost, the relationships that you lost, the divorces that happened, the families that abandoned you. I'm not just adding. I am multiplying. I am restoring. We don't have a God. God who just adds we have a God who restores and that which was taken away that which the enemy meant for evil I'm about to return in good your goodness and your mercy shall follow me if you believe that why don't you shout out stand up clap your hands all your people shout unto God he's not just a God who adds he's a God who redeems everything you lost. Everything you lost. I feel, I'm not saying this because the Bible's telling me I feel a prophetic urge in my spirit right now. Everything you lost, he will restore. Every tension, every, every situation that you lost, he's a God who restores. I've got one more thought. You can stand, you can sit, but it's going to finish in 40 seconds. One more thought. All right, sitting. Hezekiah. Isaiah says to him, you're about to die. Isaiah says to him, word number two, you're going to live. God adds 15 years to his life. This was was the turning point. He was going to die here. God adds 15 years to his life. Year number one, everyone's come to see Hezekiah. You made it through. You had an encounter with God. You had a word from God. How amazing. Year number two. Hezekiah's like, you know what? I want to have another baby. So he has a son. Old man, but he has a son. Manasseh. In year number two. You know when you read the genealogy of Jesus, one of the forefathers of Jesus, his name is Manasseh. Hezekiah would have missed out on being included in the genealogy of the king of kings and the lord of lords if he had not believed that God had another word for him there was something in Hezekiah's loins that said I've not seen the light of day and dad you need to pray a bit more longer you need to pray a bit more harder because the glory of the lord is about to shine the glory of the lord is about to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea and some of you have been given a death sentence from the doctor some of you have been given a verdict but there's a manasseh inside of you that is saying I need you to come out I need you to live another two years. I need you to pray another moment. I need you to believe one more time because the word of the Lord does not just come once. The word of the Lord comes a second time in Jesus. Thank you for joining us. The Basic Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.